Christmas tomorrow belongs to nobody. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Uh, as always, somehow in spite of it all, I'm the Dr. David Pizzo. With me here in the congregation, in the hall, are Pastor Ben Lindsay. How are you, sir? I am doing splendid. And warrior monk, chicken exterminator, Tracy Newport. How are you, Tracy? Doing pretty good. Uh, doing pretty good. I like your NPR voice just then. You really nailed that. Just really sort of soothing. Maybe, maybe you should try and talk to this for now. Instead of the mumbling, bumbling idiot I come across sometimes when I hear this. Like, oh, it it is a lot less country. I will admit, you sometimes come across <laughs> a stri- straight West Kentucky. Like you, <laughs> oh. you, you ground us, Tracy. Like, so, well, I will say this. When I'm editing, I am much harsher on what I said than I am on either of you two. We're probably all like that. We're probably all like that. We're all fucking blathering idiots. Yeah. But you guys actually pronounce, pronunciate, and sound intelligent. That's because we have been around (laughs) such douchey people that will call you out. You just like fix it. Like we just the uh, academics, dude. Like it's just a shark tank. Dude, I I will never forget, and this is going way off topic before we really even get into the episode, but. I was sitting in a seminar one day and I was reading, it was one of my European history seminars and I was reading something and I said for sales instead of Versailles. And I was like, oops, the Kentucky came out and just kept on going. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, son of a bitch. That's all you could do with a Kentucky comes out. Dude, I was on Zoom teaching class and I said, I don't even remember why we, I guess we were talking about the early industrial revolution. I said, and then they made some windmills. Windmill? <laughs> what the fuck, North Carolina? <laughs> My wife pointed that out. She's like, did you just say windmill? The first time I said it, I was like, I mean, what else would it be called? Exactly. I used to, to could have done it. North Kakalaki represent. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about North Kakalaki. We're talking about the indus- post-industrial slums of Liverpool. Yes, we are. With what is the fifth studio album by Carcass, Swan Song, and their last one for 17 years, um, Swan Song, which was released in 1996 on Earache Records, has a runtime of 49 minutes and 45 seconds. The lineup on this album is Jeff Walker on bass and vocals, Bill Steer on guitars, Carlo Regattas on guitars, Ken Owen on drums. And let's see. The producer for this was Colin Richardson. Who is a machine. Like he's uh, Nordstrom, that guy we were talking about in our last episode in Sweden. He's like that level in Britain. Uh, Should I talk about why I chose this album and to impose on you? Let's do it. Because it is one of the best fucking metal albums of all time. <laughs> That's why. And not everyone thinks that. I will start by admitting there are some poser. No, there, there are some hardcore death metal people who don't like this album very much. Because again, it's the one where like they went commercial. You guys sound like Megadeth now, right? Like, well, compared to Symphony of Sickness, man, their early shit, they were talking about 
it's super grind speed beats talking about scalpels like that's what they were doing it is a completely di- if you played their first album for me and then this one i would not think it was the same Correct. band for sure just because it's not grindcore that's not just uh, them reciting medical terminology that they could learn in a dictionary which kudos to them for going that far into the research to do it yeah they could um, but this reminds me more of entombed than it does Megadeth. me too so yeah which Much I more death and roll. Oh yeah. Me yes. Too. I was gonna say I have all caps here, death and roll. And I'm so fucking here for that. I think too little of that exists in the world. Like 100%. people that did it, I think Entomb did it, especially on Ride Straight. What is it? No, Ride, Shoot Straight, Speak the Truth. That album was like straight up this. It's the one after uh, Wolverine Blues. Yeah. Which we should fucking review. It's amazing. Uh it, it continues with this lineup, or at least part of them with Jeffrey Walker on Wake Up and Smell the Carcass, which is the overflow from this session. So there were like five songs, no, six, five or six songs that didn't make it on here that are on Wake Up and Smell the Carcass, some of which are fucking amazing. There's one called Blood Spattered Banner about the Confederacy, It's which is one of the ways I sort of learned about this whole sort of the way the far right in Europe uses the Confederate flag as an ersatz symbol. Like, wish you could fly a swastika? You should try the Confederate battle flag. So it engages with that. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy. Tracy's face is the right one. Well, it's literally illegal in Germany. It is literally illegal to, you know, look like Iron Sky. Like so you, you have a, a bunch of knuckle draggers flying the, United, yes. the Confederate flag. Yes. Stars and bars, baby. Stars, Stars and, and bars, bars, baby. Yeah. yeah, in Britain and in Germany. Yeah, all over, really. Well, our, why the fuck are our, we flying actual swastikas? It's the same shit. Like, it's just yes. an international same clusterfuck same of awful. So that reminds me, I saw a picture online, oh God, in the past, sometime this week. And it's like the, the, the ultra nationalists from the international group together to support each other's ultra nationalism. Well, that was that fascist international thing is a thing. I know it's an oxymoron, but that was, you, you just described the fucking 1940s. Yeah, there was actually <laughs> what, a conference in Italy in like, this. Oh, yeah. For what year in 30, where they all got together to try and replicate the fascist experiment? Other places. Yeah, it was anyway. very transnational. Anyway, this, the growl vocals in here are so badass. They're some of the best fry vocals I've ever heard. I love his opinion. voice on this. I agree. I with love that, his yeah. voice even more than himself on Hard Work is a good record. I think I gave that an A or an A. Plus. I don't know what I gave it. If I give that an A, plus, this gets 108. No, I, don't, I don't know. What if I, Tracy's going to know? Hard work is amazing. You gave it a 100. Well, this is 102. (laughs) I'm already giving away. All righty. All right. We're done here, folks. We're done. Thanks for listening. This move from vegan sort of surgery, like medical dictionary talk to social commentary is amazing. Because I got to say this, nobody does biting acerbic Cossack satire like the fucking Brits. Nobody. Like Killing Joke, or I don't know if either of you know Pitch Shifter. Just the whole sort of punk spirit and sensibility. Uh, Sex Pistols, man. Like just the whole we are growing up in the birthplace of capitalism that's now a post-industrial shit, just shit crater. Which has gotten actually much worse than when when he recorded this album, but that's a discussion for another time. As Britain completely involutes. Well, just some of the album titles or album titles, the song titles on this. Well, and I'm just because we'll get to them eventually. But keep on rotting in the free world. That's the opening track yeah. that points to that real well. For sure. Well, Child's Play is all about that. I mean, this this place deindustrialized so hard that Full Metal Jacket, those scenes in Way City 
of a completely destroyed Vietnamese hellscape are East London. They literally just went into East London or Mayfield and just like shot <laughs> amongst the ruins and all they had to do was like add Vietnamese posters. So um, I think the riffs on this album are crushing. The tempo's vary enough for it not to get boring. Uh, Colin Richardson, as I said, is massive. The production is so just fantastic and crisp on here. I argue that every fucking song is amazing and belongs on here. I don't think there's anything superfluous. Uh, the opener and the closer on this album are monstrous. I, I like this album, I'm not going to lie. I think they just nailed it here. And, and again, not everyone thinks so, but those people are fools. Those people should burn. <laughs> well, Tracy, what do you think about the album? <laughs> no pressure. I mean, you know, you you asked me to talk about a lot of how I feel about this album. And I did. <laughs> we did. That's, that's yeah, we literally did. the point of this podcast. We did. Uh, so <clears throat> this is my second endeavor with Carcass. Um, and coming from Heartwork to this, while you know, wanted to release like one after another, I was not expecting the death and roll sound in this one like it is. I was expecting more of Heartwork. Now, and this sounds like the guitar tone and everything sounds more like it doesn't hurt, but it's like got a that touch of sludge to it that Ben likes just kind of slow. I do like that touch of sludge there. I know, but I I do too in this case. Sludge as an additive is okay when you're coming down from like a dissection table that's going at 200 beats per minute. Like that's what (laughs) they used to be doing. And so it sounds like it's, you know, it's slowed down. It's got, in a sense, they kind of give stuff room to breathe where the other one's so frantic that you're trying to keep up with. This one is kind of comes in and it it's a instead of a a sprint pace it's a nice little fast walk maybe a jog but like it's easy to keep up with comparatively it's a march now, dude yeah like it's it's almost a forced march mm. yeah but um i really enjoyed it coming into it um, I actually I like it better than I did the Entombed AD that we did. Um, and then, but now since you guys have we haven't done Entombed me, AD, we've only done Entombed. <laughs> we since the Entombed that we did, but now since uh, it's been about a year, roughly eight months, I think since we did Entombed, you guys have bludged me overhead with enough sludge that I could probably go back into Wolverine Blues. I'm like, okay, I like this now. Don't it's so up tempo for for sludge. Yeah, I don't consider Wolverine Blues sludge at all. But okay, um, I, well, I see your point. Well, There's it's just a tempo similarity. The, like yeah. the death and roll sound and style yeah. that you guys that you guys really enjoy playing with that has been an introduction to me due to this podcast that I've never really played in that field. Uh, but I, for me, this album was very bell curve. Like I think the first couple tracks in the beginning and a couple tracks at the end are kind of weaker than the middle part. I think the meat in the middle is probably the best parts of this album. Oh, that's interesting. Um, So I have to say that this is the least liked album by Carcass fans of their entire uh, catalog including the one that came out in 2013, which I, to be completely honest, I haven't heard that one, so I cannot speak to it. Which I guess if you came in, like like I said, in the first couple albums when they were super grindcore, 
this is so fucking sure. far removed from that. Okay, sure. Um, and, you know, coming only three years later, it is significantly different than um, Heart Heartwork, too. Yeah, because that was much more a straight-up death metal album. A good one, but um, stylistically. But this, man... Uh, a, I'm kind of in the bag for that whole death and roll thing because I like the blues. I like just that heavier blues. Um, lyrically, this is almost a fucking punk album. Um, you know, you you could take this lyrically and lay the lyric sheet next to the lyric sheet for um, a Black Flag album or a Clash album sure. or fucking Nail Bomb. And there would be a lot of similarities there. And I really appreciate the shit out of that. Um, the guitars on this are so good. I love the tone, which I liked them on Heartwork too. Um, just so good. It's just a production is. I was going to say, it's just the guitar tone on the two albums I've heard about them has been such a magnificent. Like they really oh, yeah. nailed down the sound for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And. You know, the production on this is really good. Uh, we all have a, a slightly different variations uh, of how we feel about the album as a whole, though, as far as the, the where it strengthens. David has already said he likes everything Ball. on here, doesn't feel that there's anything um, that is dead weight. I don't know that I think there's anything that's dead weight, but there, there, I do think for me that I feel the album is front loaded. The first six tracks of it, I think are fucking phenomenal. Then there's a couple of okay tracks. And then I really like the closer a whole lot too. So make of that what you will, but uh, this is a, an incredibly solid album. And I'm actually really sad that, and maybe they knew it going into it, naming it Swan Song. I'm not sure David might know that. Um, but I, I was really sad that the, the this version of the band and this sound of the band stopped here. I would have, I could have listened to like another four albums of it. Oh, me too. Oh my God. At least they got paid twice. Cause when they went back to earache, they got paid again. The fucking guitarist Steer called it the second great rock and roll swindle. Like they got, they got, they got in a rare. It was a. This is a rare case where they managed to screw over the label, so they got paid by both Columbia and Earache. So well done, gentlemen. Well done. Um, I think "Keep on Rotting" is a good opener. "Tomorrow Belongs to Nobody" to me is one of those badass metal songs ever. That song, something about that riff and just his vocals, it just it nails it. Um, Child's Play is creepy and sad as shit. That's the one about playing in industrial decay. Room 101, that's a reference to Orwell. Uh, polarized hurts too much to listen to. I mean, I listen to it anyway, but it's just in terms of where we are now. Yeah. Versus when I heard this back in 96. Uh, Firm Hand, the song about eugenics. Oh, that's which again has not gone anywhere. I think Rock the Vote and Go to Hell are both amazing. My favorite songs on here are probably open or. Um, tomorrow belongs to nobody. Rock the vote and go to hell. Uh, my favorite songs on here are uh, the opener, "Keep on Rotting in the Free World." I like Room One Hundred One a whole lot, mm -hmm. uh, and I do think "Go to Hell." So, I mean, I, I think that it, that's that's opener, middle, closer. Boom, boom, boom. You hit the three yeah, beats. Sure. That's right. My hell is you. You quote you fucking quoting Sartre. Like yeah. that is how pretentious this. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Dirty Liverpool <laughs> philosophy coming at you. 
from no, the I'm fucking so underground. From the fucking underground. And I came, I got on the ride at Heartwork. And the transition from this to Heartwork is not nearly as radical as, like, I had the opposite problem. When I went back in their catalog, I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, I wasn't, you know, and I really do, as you know, I like death metal, but I'm not a huge, find of, huge fan of their early stuff. Yeah, grindcore, I can leave or take, and I usually leave. Yeah, so. I, usually, I usually leave. But this, Heartwork, and then uh, Surgical Steel. Surgical Steel is badass, too. Surgical Steel is more like Heartwork to The Reckoning. The one that came out in 13. Yeah, yeah, we'll eventually have to get around to doing that one. Oh, hell yeah. I almost snuck it. And then there was the EP last year. Anyway, they've gotten some more shit. But I'm so with you, Ben. If they had sustain this and put out three or four albums like this with this lineup fall i mean i think they'd be like megadeth grade right like because i was this was the album that was supposed to allow them to you know break through into international markets and like as we we talked about last time they just never uh they're just not known it was too political in my opinion i think you're right I think so. Columbia, I, I don't know. I wasn't there in terms of why they stalled and there's so many problems, but I think the politics of it were a problem. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you could talk like this in Liverpool, uh, the British market as well, but the minute Americans come to the party, because mm, this thing goes for the jugular about the whole thing. It's like a system critique in a way that, uh, you know, five-finger death punch is not. Well, I mean, you know, at, at the way that, and some American stuff is, but of course, uh, America doesn't recognize the class consciousness that this has. Yeah, for sure. So you know, I think I think that's more the problem than anything else. Is that especially at a, a time in '96 when we were in the uh, we were in the Clinton era by then. So you know, and, and austerity and, and just a complete rejection and movement away by the Democratic Party from the party of FDR to, to more of an, a party of austerity. So, yeah. Yeah, this was a dark fucking time. I know people are nostalgic about it, but bad shit was happening. And this album captured it in a way that only, to me, Killing Joke and Pitch Shifter did, and they're all fucking British. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The to me, like, the good political stuff from the Amer- America at the time is really talking about the inherent racism and, and sure. violence in the system, but it's not a, it's not a system critique in the same way. It's a much more American way, which uh, yep, makes complete fucking sense because they're American. Of course. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and the nostalgia of like coming out of the fucking Reagan Bush era into the Clinton. I mean, the Clinton's had their problems and I'm not the world's biggest fans of them, but from what we were in, in like the eighties, I can kind of understand the nostalgia, especially considering how strong the economy was. I mean, and I, and I, I hate saying that because that's the excuse everybody always gives. Well, the economy's good, blah, 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 fuck off. But, you know, uh, from how fucking wrecked we were coming out of the seventies through the first few years of the eighties and then to, to not have as overtly anyway, um, a disastrous racist as the Reagans and the Bushes in power for a brief moment in time, um, which I will add that the Clinton crime bill was fucking horrendous. So, yeah. Anyway, but that is not what this podcast is. <laughs> and I've been talking for a while. So, Tracy, why don't you step in? Well, you guys were talking about songs, right? That's where yep. we're at. Okay. Yep. Um, for me, I keep on running into free world. It's a pretty good opener. 
Um, but for me, the meat of this album is Black Star through Polar Eyes. About Generation and Hex is about where I get off that ride at. But uh, Go to Hell, I think, is a pretty solid closer. And it sounds like Rock the Vote was kind of like a critique on that whole Rock the Vote push that they did that led to absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just the whole industry. It's just a thing that chews you up and vomits you out. Even if you're a product itself is revolutionary. I mean, just watching Penguin sell the Communist Manifesto where Sony pushed Rage Against the Machine. I mean, there's the, there it is. Like you're embedded in it. And it's a form of state control, Tracy. Yeah. So, which you would never, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever heard quite that argument in an American song, but here it is. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like with you guys listening and like you guys were talking about, you know, political discourse in the 90s, like for me, that was, hey, what Pokemon cards am I uh, trying yeah, to like? So it's such a very like hearing you guys talk about it and like, I don't remember these times like that. Now, like in 20 years when we get into like, here's the political discourse with the 2010s. I'm like, I know this shit. This is my jam. That, that's how I feel about the 80s, though. I hear people talk about the 80s. I remember playing with Smurfs and Transformers and yeah. shit. And people are talking about how horrendous Reagan, like, liquidating homeless people with space lasers was. I'm like, wait, what? And now I know academically how fucked, how fucked that era was, but living through it, I don't know, I was a child. I totally get yeah. it, Tracy. Well, yeah, I was, I was not only a child through that, but, like, my family was, oh, hardcore Reagan supporters so we got the gospel of how great Reagan was shoved down my throat for years Hot. and years and years yeah. my mom was fond of him my dad not so much I feel sorry for one of the girls we I was in class with in college who parents were such Reagan nights that they named her Reagan and I'm just like Ugh, why I feel sorry for you and she drank that Kool-Aid too but I felt sorry for her I don't think that's a terrible girl's name. So, I mean, well, I for the I purpose to... of being named after that, uh, well, that's, that's your choice to tell people things. You don't have to tell people that. Just because my son is named Ataturk doesn't mean it's a reference <laughs> to, to a person who has ever lived. So, <laughs> I'm not referring to a particular Turk, right? <laughs> greatest ballerina, greatest astronaut, greatest yeah. general. Yeah. <laughs> Middle name, come on. Yeah, yeah. My boy, add a boy. You know, if it ain't got Glockenspiel, we ain't got no deal. That's, that's right. That's where we're at. So let's grade this bitch. <sighs> well, Davidson gave his grade. It's a thousand. I mean, I, you know, I should have probably given Heartwork a 99 to give my space and room to go up. But <laughs> to me, this is just one of the, this to me is one of my 10 top metal albums of all time so me. i put your grade in as 102 with an a plus plus that sounds good that is where i wanted it i want that grade to be right there <laughs> uh i'll go next i enjoyed this album i think mm, your guys are starting to get through and break down the wall of a. Uh, am not used to this death and roll sludge crew sound they're starting to kind of just overcome my soul to an extent excellent but uh for me i enjoyed this album i'm gonna give it a a minus and have like a 91 which i think is what you gave heartwork as well um 
And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give it the same grade that I gave artwork. I think this is an A. I, I don't think it's an A plus because I I agree that not every that there are no bad songs, but not every one of them worked for me as well. And I really liked artwork, so to me, they're neck and neck. They're slightly different sounds, um, but man, you could put either one of them on, and I'd be happy. Yeah, I know. I don't know if there's a band who's two different sort of that style shift. I like it on both sides of the divide as much as I like those two. Uh, I was trying to I was trying to think of an equivalent because like persistence of time to sound of white noise is not that dramatic. No, I mean I guess it'd be black album back to justice for all. I could make an argument, and I I don't remember what grades we gave them, but I could make an argument for South of Heaven seasons in the abyss. Sure, because yeah, those are for sure agreed. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah. Um, but no, I can't think of anything else that was that high quality that the the, yeah, the tonal sure. that there was a tonal shift in that way that is that high quality. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't either. Well, good shit. Um, I'm, thanks for going on that carcass journey with me, gentlemen. You're welcome. And I gave carcass a ninety. I gave heartwork a ninety-two. Oh, so one point difference, but it's still the same. Fucking yeah, thing. I, uh, but I, I think I lean more towards the heartwork than I do this one. That's okay, fair. well, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah like I'm gonna come back to them both regardless. So. No, yeah, I don't know that I ever heard Swan Song, but I I had heard Heartwork before. But. I fucking drilled, like wore a hole through this fucking record at the time because I already had Heartwork. I got Heartwork right after it came out just by seeing it randomly. I'm like, that looks creepy. And I listened to it in the it store did. and I was like, oh shit, son. And so <laughs> I, at uh, a classical music store that just happened to have some pop and metal so it was on those mm. giant classical headphones and oh my god <laughs> i used to love listening to music there and it converted to backup warehouse because of course because because durham uh and so when i saw this i was like fuck yes uh it was um right i think i got it in berlin i think i got it in europe because i was in europe in the fall of 96 so uh i listened to the shit out of it there the album cover now that you mentioned that looks like a not metal album so it looks like uh a jazz album or something like that. it does it really does yeah it's a weird artifact of a very specific moment black star was interesting that's what jeffrey walker did after this yeah i've never heard that but i think it's interesting that he named his next band after a song on this album he did and it is confusing because it's also you know most deaf and talib quale <laughs> super yeah. group so there's a lot of black star going on yes. uh that's some tight shit too it's weird it has like horns like he goes the like he does even weirder stuff i'm not even sure you can stream it but i have it so maybe at some point we can just, you know, we could share it in Alabama. Like, here's the thing you haven't heard. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So what are we doing next, Tracy? What indeed? I'm looking to see if I can find Black Star on Maybe Spotify. YouTube or something. Or YouTube, probably. I don't think it's on any of the streaming things, but I could be wrong. I think it was, I don't even know if it was on a real label. Oh. Okay. Uh, next, we are doing Devin Townsend Project Transcendence. So, um, for this recording session, you guys brought the heavy, and I brought the Devi. Hiya, um, hiya, hiya. Yeah, I'm ready. I am too. This has got a Nick Van Giersbergen on it, and I love her. So, 
my kid yelled at me for singing higher. She's like, that song is terrible. So <laughs> Hazel's not entirely convinced about, I'm not going to lie, about Devin Townsend. Well, she's, still a, she's still a Slayer girl. What can I say? I mean, Indeed. So we will, and we will talk about that more next time on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. <laughs>